I really try to meet my people where they are and provide things in a format that gives them quick wins and gives them clear action items that they can do right away and hopefully see some good strides in their business. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Krimitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. The new year is here, and I'm sure that you are feeling fired up to make this the best year yet for you. But guess what? That fire, that focus, that determination, if you're human, it's going to dissipate over the course of the next few weeks because your best laid plans get interrupted by life, by surprises, by unintended occurrences. And sometime in March, you're going to raise your head from the hurricane of ideas, tasks, and work that you've been submerged in. And remember those big goals that you had back in January and wonder how in the world you can get back to a place of making them come true this year. You're not alone, girl. We all start out the year strong. And if we don't have a program or the accountability or the structure to keep us focused and intentional with how we're spending our time, it can all get lost. It's happened to me and it's happened to so many other amazing women entrepreneurs that I know, which is why I decided that this year is the year that I wanted to work with just a handful of driven, determined, and passionate women entrepreneurs so we can go to work doing the deep and focused work it takes to create their dream businesses. As of now, just a few spots remain for my one-year private coaching program, a program that gives you and I the space and the structure to work hand-in-hand as you get clear about your vision, get focused in on what needs to happen in order to make that vision a reality, and take intentional actions to see it come to fruition. And with the regular accountability, the quarterly deep dive sessions, and the kickoff intensive, and with me here with you every step of the way, having the profitable and purposeful business that you enjoy showing up for every single day is absolutely inevitable. To find out more about my one-year private coaching program, go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year and apply today. I'm responding to applications as they come in and spots are filling on a first come first serve basis. We can't do this alone. And if the structured and customized support of private coaching is what you need to finally achieve what you know you're ready for in your business, then I can't wait to read your application. Let's do this girl. Bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year. Katie Hunt is the founder of Trade Show Camp, a company that provides education and support to women who run product-based businesses. She started it in 2011 because she herself ran a product-based business and was getting so many questions asked of her about how she was growing it and all the different things that she was doing at trade shows, therefore that's how she got the name, in order to be successful. So she began by offering her first online product, a $25 teleconference where she simply answered all the questions she was being asked. 
Fast forward, Katie's business model consists of live conferences, which is 40% of her revenue, online e-courses, 50% of her revenue, and private business coaching, about 10% of her revenue. She's a phenomenal example of knowing who you serve and creating offerings that are directly in line with the solutions your community is searching for. Well, I had expected at the beginning of this interview that we would be diving heavy into her courses and the evolution of the courses. The conversation turns into a gorgeous back and forth about how she and her company have evolved and how our offerings have evolved along with those changes. We talk about how knowing your customer intimately is vital to not only your marketing, but in dictating the look, the feel, the longevity, and the formatting of all of your programs. We talk about how her avatar, her ideal customer, we've been talking about that a lot lately on in the show, has changed over the years and how she's continued to stay in tune with their ever-changing needs. She also discusses how she stays connected to herself so that she knows what direction she needs to steer her business. She even tells a very intimate story of how she ended up canceling a big event last year because of a litany of signs telling her it wasn't the right time and what she did to come out of that whole situation pretty darn successfully. No matter where you are in your business journey, this conversation will be inspirational and practical in giving you ideas and strategies on how to continue to build out a business that is ultimately designed from the inside out and how to allow yourself the grace to evolve your programs and products to service those that you are serving. You're gonna fall in love with Katie. She is super smart and incredibly authentic during this conversation, and I hope you really enjoy it. Katie, what's going on, girl? How's it going, Katie? <laughs> I knew that that was going to be weird right off the bat. I know, okay. I know, I know. One of my good friends is a Katie, and I'm always like, we should have nicknames that are different, <laughs> or even if it's just for us. Uh, I am ridiculously excited to have you on the show today for a gazillion different reasons, which I know you listening are going to hear within the matter of this conversation. I want to dig right into the heart of what I think is so beautiful and special about what you are doing with Trade Show Camp. Uh, is that 50% of your company's revenue is generated by e-courses. Your signature course is definitely live. So it's a lot more involvement, right? But you absolutely have a portion of that that comes from Evergreen Automated E-Courses. And that sounds like the dream in (laughs) online business land. I think everyone is sort of like, oh my gosh, 50% of revenue comes in automatically every single time. How great is that, right? Yes. Well, first of all, it's been a total revelation and it's been a a process to build it that way. And secondly, it's not just all automated, passive, I won't set it and you're done. It's absolutely not that. To backtrack a little bit, my business has three main revenue streams. The first is our in-person conferences. We have our signature program called Paper Camp that we do as an in-person conference and we do it as an online course. So that's the second arm of our revenue streams, the courses. Now we have two types of courses, as you mentioned. We've got some evergreen programs that are available to people that are available all the time. It's low touch on my end, meaning they don't get access to me for coaching. They don't have a Facebook group to join or any of that stuff. It's just they sign up, 
they watch it go through the coursework. But our signature program coursework, uh, Paper Camp eCourse, that's the same as what we do in person at the conference, but it's just in an online format. That's four weeks and that's live. They get new content every Monday. We have a group coaching call every Thursday with myself and another guest expert. I'm super active in our class Facebook group. So it's kind of a hybrid of coaching and also the coursework that they do on their own. They get a ton of resources and it's just a really cool, cool program. It's not like a lot of the courses where again, you just sign up and you have to go through it on your own. This is moderated and coaching involved. And then the third revenue stream for my business is our coaching. And so I do a lot of one-on-one coaching. I'm considering some group programs. But to be honest with you, all of this evolved over our last 8 years of being in business. And we've been pivoting and changing things. And our business model has stayed the same in that my goal is to educate women business owners that are making physical products. And our primary topics are teaching them how to wholesale. So how to get their products on the shelves of retail shops. What was the first product that you offered? Product or offering? What was the first thing when you decided like, Hey, here's who I'm here to serve and here's how I'm going to do it. Like, What was the first thing that you offered? So I think back and I like cringe at this. And I like, (laughs) I mean, it, it set the whole ball rolling though. So I'm grateful for it. But we started with four teleconference calls and they were, they were four classes that still make up the core of our paper camp program today. Although it's a lot more improved and in depth now than it was then. But in 2011, I invited people to attend one of the calls or they could sign up for all four at a bundle discount of only $75 for all four classes. <laughs> and if they wanted to register individually, it was, I think, $25 at the time. Online education in 2011 was not what it is today. I had a huge learning curve of teaching people what we were doing, why they would need to pay to get on a call with myself and somebody else that was going to answer their questions and teach them things for an hour. You know, They just didn't get it because it wasn't the market that it is today. Right. Uh, things were priced so low. It was, we recorded the calls. So whoever signed up also got a, a recording of the call to revisit later if they needed to. We sent a handout, but it was very low tech. It was very, you know, we were just figuring things out as we went along. So you started with the teleconference calls, which I had an internal chuckle when you said that. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's back in the days when you had that term because we don't yes. have that term anymore. Right? I know, I know. <laughs> It's so silly, but what was your next evolution of that? You shifted into live webinars. Yeah, we shifted into live webinars in 2012. And again, people were allowed to just sign up for one-off webinars and they would attend live. These were paid for webinars. They were paid for webinars. So people would... I think at that point, I'd raise the price to $100 per class. And they would pay $100 and they get a link to join us for the webinar. Myself and another guest would teach them for an hour. They get a handout at the end and they get a recording of the call. And that was it. We were done. And then at the end... Actually, we did have a Facebook group at that point too. But it was only after the series was done. So then we went to webinars and people could sign up for one or all of them. And then I changed the model because I realized that people were coming in and let's say they weren't taking our marketing course. And then they join our Facebook group afterwards and ask all these marketing questions that we had covered in the marketing section. So that's where I then shifted to, okay, you can't buy just one-off classes. You have to buy the whole bundle of what we're teaching here. And we're making it more of a program than individual classes. Yeah. So that's when you shifted into... No, you actually have to take all of the courses. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're going to give you four or five and you have to take all four or five. And then at the end of that, you'll get into this Facebook group. And our Facebook group has been going for like eight years now. And everyone's like, well, let's get off Facebook. And I'm like, you guys, we have so much institutional like knowledge and questions and conversations and resources that are like locked into this. I'm trying to figure out like, how do we shift it off and take that with us? I don't know that you can, but... 
that's something we're investigating. Once you realize that, and that became your signature course is what you're talking about. Absolutely. And I didn't know going into it, that was going to be my signature course. I just knew these are the questions people have. These are the topics people need help with. I have these questions myself. Really the whole concept of Trade Show Bootcamp came about because I had a product-based business. I was exhibiting at trade shows. I was figuring things out as I was going along. And I wrote a blog post about all the things I wish I'd known before I'd gone to a show. And I started getting inundated with the same types of questions over and over from people that were in my shoes, just like maybe a year behind me. Mm -hmm. And I would sit there and thoughtfully write them back. And I thought, you know what? This is for the birds. Let's all get on a phone call and answer these questions together. I don't have all the answers. So let's get other experts in here that can help answer questions that I have or that other people have. And together with our collective knowledge and our resources, all of our businesses will grow faster because we're leveraging each other's skills and everything else. If you had asked me in 2011, as I was building Trade Show Bootcamp, what will this be eight years from now? I would have never guessed in a million years. I would have told you, yeah, I'll be running my product-based business in eight years. And now this is what I'm doing full-time, helping other business owners build their companies. I love it. Do you still have your product-based business? No, I closed it down at the end of 2016. That was an interesting time for me. I was pregnant with and had our fourth baby that year. That was also the year I taught four classes for Creative Live. And I was speaking quite a bit at a lot of other programs. And I had my product business and we were running in-person conferences and online courses for Trade Show Bootcamp. And at the end of the year, I was so tired. I was just like, yeah, this is crazy. I think back now, I'm like, what was I doing? But at the time, you know, you're just trying to keep the momentum going in your business and there's opportunities coming your way. And I had a hard time saying no to them. And I was excited about them, but I also had four small children at home that needed me and, you know, all these things. And so at the end of the year, that was when I decided, okay, I I made three big choices in my business. And one of them was I'm going to stop manufacturing for my product based business. And I'm going to put my time, effort, and even the resources of the people I'm hiring into bootcamp and what we're doing there. I love that you just told that story because it really gives light to. What I consider one of the biggest skills that I think a successful, quote unquote, successful entrepreneur really needs to have. And when I say successful, I'm really talking about people, women who I think are living by design through their business abundantly in all areas. Yeah. That is doing everything that they want it to do for them. That is the skill of discernment. The skill of not being willing to say yes to everything, even though everything sounds amazing. Yeah. And being willing to say no and focus. It is so hard. It is so hard for me to accept help. It is hard for me to say no to things. It is hard for me. I feel flattered when people ask me to come speak or to do a presentation or whatever it might be. And so I want to say yes to everybody. But the thing is, if you're saying yes to everything... You're not making space for the meaningful things in your life. At the end of that year, I was tired. My family was tired. You know, My husband's an incredible dad and a huge support of what I'm doing in my business. But we were all exhausted. And I knew that I needed to scale things back in order to focus on the things that were the highest priority to me, which were my family and the work I was doing with Rachel Bootcamp. What did that do to shift things in your business when you started saying no and you got super focused about the yeses? It was insane. My business grew a ton. (laughs) And I think it's because I had the white space to really think about the things I was working on. I was able to give more to the things I said yes to. Another decision I made at the end of 2016 was I need more help and I need to hire more people. I can't continue doing all these things myself. I had a couple of independent contractors at the time, but it was really like specific things and minimal... And so I did bring help on. And it was just incredible. We were able to accomplish so much more. I just felt like I was giving more of myself to my coaching clients and to our 
the people in our live course. And I just felt a lot more rewarded and the business grew, the revenue grew. That's what we all want too. We hear about those results every time that we actually say no to stuff and say yes Mm -hmm. to the one or two things, right? And really focus in. Like we hear it, we get it. And yet it's still a painful process to make those decisions. Even though you're you're like, yeah, I know that things are going to be better on the other end of this. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So there's three criteria I look at whenever I'm making a decision. I look at the numbers. Does this make financial sense? Will this be advantageous and benefit my business financially? What is my excitement level or interest level in this program? And I rank it more of like high or low, maybe mid too. So I've got three tiers there. And then... What's the time commitment? Again, is that low, high, medium? And then I look at all these different opportunities and I think, okay, well, you know, if my excitement level is high and it's lower, medium time commitment and the money is good, okay, great. Yeah, let's do it. You know, maybe the money's low, but my excitement level is super high. Well, then I still want to do it. And maybe the time is low. Like I need to make sure that it fits my goals for the business and my goals for my life and where I am in the season of life right now with small children. And so those are the three criteria I use whenever I'm considering whether or not to say yes to something or whether to say no to something. I love that. It sounds so much like... Ladies, you've heard me talk about the decision-making matrix. This is a tool, like an Excel spreadsheet tool that I made with very similar things. So it's like an objective tool for you to list out here's all the products and services that I currently do offer or can offer, been thinking about offering. I'm giving like scores to each of them in these particular categories and they're very similar categories. So you can start once you do the shuffle on what has the highest score, right? You can kind of see what rises to the top and actually make decisions based on that. I have a... I call it like our forecasting spreadsheet where we do put in like our current programs and things and then anything I'm debating, offering. And you know we run the numbers there, but I also put the excitement and the time considerations. And to your point, everything that we're meant to be doing rises to the top. It's mm-hmm. very clear when you start laying it out that way, what you should be spending your time on and what you should maybe be scaling back on. So, you know, I started this conversation with you before we even started recording, telling you that one of the things that I saw that was so special about you and that I don't see a lot of, it is so easy to see how you've productized your business. And I'm not just talking about actual product. I'm talking about you're very clear on who you help and here's the program or event or manner in which I can help you, right? And I think that that's something that a lot of growing entrepreneurs really struggle with because they're still in the mode of sort of trying to figure that out. It's one of the things that I work on the most with my clients, which is getting super clear about that marriage, that that sweet spot where what your gifts are marry with the features, the benefits of this particular type of a thing that yeah. somebody can move through. And then the person on the other end of that who benefits the most from that, by doing that, you're able to clearly communicate what this thing is, right? Yeah. I would imagine you getting so good at that. For example, if you go to your website, which I'll have in the show notes here, mm-hmm. it's really easy to see like, okay, you've got your programs, you've got your podcast, you've got your e-courses, you've got your live events, and here's exactly who I am and what I might need at any given moment. How has distinguishing those programs slash products helped you in your marketing? First of all, thank you for saying this because I think this is an area that I've struggled with as well as many of my clients. And I think the first step is to figure out who your audience is. Who is truly following you? What are their pain points? What are they needing? How can you solve a problem for them? And I'm not saying you should build all these different products or programs to solve a problem that one person has. But once you know who the audience is and what type of general problems they have, you can then really talk to your audience and truly see which things are a higher priority or a bigger need for them. 
I knew from the get go, I wanted to serve the audience that I was in. I shared how I was making products. I was making stationery and gift items. And so that's who my core audience is. I'm speaking directly to them. I'm in constant communication with them. So I know what they're struggling with. And my goal is to be thoughtful and intentional about what we put in front of them and how we're helping them. And that ties back to the format that we use, whether it's in person or online, whether it's a coaching program, and also what type of content we're putting in each program. So if it's, you know, videos or handouts or whatever it is, I will say too, I'm seeing a lot of people, and this is off topic a tiny bit, but I'm seeing a lot of people that are creating courses and they're packing it with so much information or they're doing memberships and there's weekly check-ins and then weekly trainings and then week, you know, all this stuff. And here's the deal. People are busy. And when you start to overpack these things, people start to tune out because they're overloaded and they can't keep up. And then when they start to fall behind, then they feel deflated that they're not utilizing whatever program it is. So my point is I really try to meet my people where they are and provide things in a format that gives gives them quick wins and gives them clear action items that they can do right away and hopefully see some good strides in their business. But with regards to my marketing, I think knowing who my audience is and knowing what they're working on and what they're struggling with makes my marketing job so much easier because I can speak exactly to those pain points that they're having. And I can tell them, hey, First of all, you're not alone. And second, here's several solutions that you can try. And I don't give them the farm, you know, on social media and our blog and all, you know, our podcast and all that. But I do believe in giving a ton of value away for free. And we do have a ton of free content. And then when they're ready, they're going to think of me and they're going to come sign up for one of my programs or do one of my coaching packages. But the thing is, we all started somewhere and we all needed help along the way. I want to be that help, whether they're just starting out in business, whether they're midway through their journey or whether we've got a lot of seasoned people working with us too. Yeah, I think it's about speaking directly to them and what their needs are as best you can. What strategies or tools do you have to help keep you in tune with your people at all times? How are you knowing that back in 2011, you had this idea, concept of who your ideal customer was, and that has shifted over all of these years. So how are you constantly keeping in tune with who am I serving? Who's getting value from us? And where are they? That's a great question because it has shifted over the years. I mean, when we started, the whole reason my company is called Trade Show Bootcamp is because we're focused solely on trade shows, how to help people exhibit at a show. And when we started that we realized that people didn't have the rest of their business in order. They didn't have a strong product line. They didn't have the sales tools they needed for wholesale. They didn't have their marketing dialed in and how they're reaching their audience. And that's when we started to backtrack a little bit and say, okay, wait, we're going to add in these other layers of education. And that's when our audience widened a bit. And that's when I thought, okay, well, now we've got two audiences. We've got the people that are wondering if wholesale is right for them and that business model is right for them. And then we've got the people that are wondering if trade shows are right for them. So now we've got two people we're talking to. And how do we talk to both these people at the same time? Since we've launched the podcast, our audiences widened even more. And I realized we have four audiences. And so to answer your question, I'm constantly reevaluating who are we talking to, who is in our audience. And part of that is emails I receive. Part of that's engaging in our Facebook group that we have for our podcast. Part of that is just listening as much as I can to our audience, putting out surveys every now and then, asking questions in Instagram stories. I just did that this weekend where I asked three questions about where they are in their business, what they're struggling with, and where they want to be kind of thing. I think just engaging as much as you can with your audience, you're going to learn and 
refine who they are and what their needs are, don't be afraid to ask. I think a lot of us are afraid to survey our audience or have conversations with them. My audience is very visual. So Instagram is where they all hang out. And so I follow them. I check out the people that are following me and see what they're doing and what kind of businesses they have. We have a ton of information at our fingertips if we just know where to look. I would say I reassess our audiences every like year or two just to make sure like, are we still talking to the same people? Are the same people listening <laughs> that yeah. we're listening to years ago? Or has it changed? And, and how do we adjust for that? Katie, your whole story so far screams to me an immense amount of willingness to evolve, right? An, an immense amount of willingness to just like listen in, take imperfect action, mm-hmm. try it, see how it works, evolve into the next step, which is really ultimately how business works. I'm sure it hasn't been as easy or as no fun or painless as I'm making that out to seem. Can you talk about maybe a moment or even just a general experience that you had where you struggle with this, where you're like, I just want this to be it. Because I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes as businesswomen, like we can get into that space of this has got to be it. Like this is it. This is the thing that is going to make me quote unquote successful versus yeah. really getting the journey. Even though we get that concept, it's different as we yeah. are showing up every single day. So can you talk a little bit about maybe a moment that wasn't so pleasant for you in not being where you really want to be? It has been total zigs and zags, ups and downs. I mean, that's what entrepreneurship is. And I do think we need to be flexible. And I do think we need to be willing to kind of roll with the punches at times because we may have this brilliant idea in our head and then it doesn't play out. You know, the audience doesn't buy into it the way we're thinking they will. And one example of that is... Well, this year, I was going to host a conference for our alumni. It was going to be an advanced program about sales and marketing. And I was really excited about this program. And I had some speakers lined up. Then I put it out to our audience and people hesitated. We filled up about halfway. And then I felt like we just hit a block wall. And I felt like there was a series of things that started to happen. We had complications with speakers. We had complications with the venue. We weren't selling the last of our tickets and selling our tickets had been so easy up until that point. It was really weird. I had some health issues that came into play this summer for that. And I looked around and I said to my team, I'm like, I feel like we're pushing a boulder up a hill right now. They asked for this program. I want to do this program, but we're hitting so many hurdles. I'm wondering if this is the universe telling me we're not supposed to be doing this right now. And so I did. I decided this summer that we weren't going to move forward with our conference this fall also because of the personal health issues and things. But... And I'm okay now. I can't cancel something. I've already promoted this. I've sold tickets to this. And so what I did was I changed the format to a smaller mastermind retreat. And I called each of the people that had registered for the program already. And I knew all of them because again, this was a higher level program for people I'd already worked with. And I called them one-on-one and I said, Hey, here's what's going on right now. I'm hitting a bunch of speed bumps on different things. Plus, I'm dealing with some personal things right now. And I've always wanted to host a mastermind retreat. And I think the people we have signed up for this are a really great crew that would make for a good mix of people. Would you be open? I'm canceling the conference. And basically, here's three options. You can come attend the mastermind retreat, which will be the same days. I'll refund your money. Or you can come and we can do one-on-one coaching for the money you've already spent. All of them but one came to the retreat. Wow. I was open. I was honest. It wasn't fun. Like It wasn't fun to make that decision and pay out these venues that I had signed contracts with already that we weren't going to use anymore. And it wasn't fun to have to tell people about some of the personal stuff that was going on in my life. But I also felt like I needed to be transparent with them to let them know like 
why I reached this decision and how I felt like this decision would benefit them even more so than them coming to the conference that we were creating. We had it in September. We had the program in September and it was fantastic. And now I've got a a total bug in my ear about wanting to like do more of these. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that probably like planted a seed for a whole nother option, Uh, right? (laughs) Yes. My team is like, oh dear Lord. But um, my financial planner is like, oh good. (laughs) But no, I... um, But my point in telling this story, and I haven't ever told this story publicly other than the people that were registered and I called them, you know, one-on-one is I needed to make a change because it wasn't working out the way I had hoped. And it was becoming really cumbersome for me and for my team. And I just couldn't do it at the time, you know, and so I had to make this tough decision and it worked out in the end. But at the time it was really stressful. I will never forget those two days that I spent calling everybody and talking to them and, and being very open and honest with them. If this isn't for you, I totally understand that. And you know what, I'll refund your money or we can do one-on-one coaching. And you know, I didn't want to pull a bait and switch on anybody. But the thing is we have to take care of ourselves and we have to take care of our businesses it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to realize, you know what, this isn't working out the way I wanted it to. So let me shift and make this in a way that feels good to me, but it also services my clients and customers well. And it's respectful and transparent for them too. I didn't want anyone to feel like they were stuck or like they lost their money or whatever it was. So, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that story. You've been listening to this podcast for a while and you know a little bit more about my journey. That's literally exactly what has happened to me this year, which is big things on the docket for 2018. First quarter, everything's on that way. We find out we're pregnant in April and everything oh my gosh, changes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> literally everything changed. And it yeah. was masterminds that were all going to go live didn't go like and yeah. it, it was very like the conference that was going to happen didn't happen yeah. like and it shifted everything and one of the things that i really tout and have come to really be such an advocate for are having practices that allow you to keep in tune and connected with you and your inner voice so yes. that you can truly lead your company you know ultimately your life by what you intuitively know to be right for you versus what you feel like you should be doing, whether it's because of the path that you were on, the trajectory that you were on, or everyone else around you sort of giving you the formula of what you should be doing. So I would love to know maybe some practical ways that you stay in tune with yourself. How do you make sure that you're constantly listening to that voice and you as the leader of your company are taking those steps in accordance to what is right for you? I'm such a work in progress in this area. Even making this decision to switch this conference from a conference format to a smaller group mastermind, it took me a month. It took me a month to like say, okay, this is okay and let's move forward with it. It took other people in my personal peer mastermind groups to say, Katie, you can do this differently. You don't have to go forward with this. You know, So I do think this is an, an area where I'm an expert or I have a solution that's going to work for everybody. But I do try to take one or two solo retreats a year. And it's locally and it's one or two nights. Usually it's one night and I do two full days on either side. And I usually stay within an hour or two of home. I do try to go to you know someplace where I can walk to dinner and do stuff like that. So I'm not stuck in a hotel room the whole time. But my point of doing that is 
I need white space. I have a very full life with four children at home with busy active schedules and a husband that needs me. I have a very full work life with the team that needs me and hundreds of people that rely on me for advising them. And so when I do these solo retreats, I'm thinking about my business. I'm thinking about my life. I'm thinking about the next quarter, the next year, the next you know six months. And what do I truly want to be doing? And you know, yes, I go through those matrix like we talked about earlier with weighing the strategy and the money and the time and the effort and all that stuff. But I need white space to be able to think clearly. And so those solo retreats give me a chance to sit and think, okay, well, how how am I moving forward with this stuff? And so that just works for me. And I can't always get away when I need it the most. So in that case, I'll sometimes just block off Fridays. And I tell my team, no schedules, no meetings, no nothing on Fridays. And most of the time, I just am playing catch up with work stuff. But sometimes I go to the movie on Friday afternoon. And sometimes I go meet a friend for lunch and fueling myself in that way so that I'm not constantly just working at home or working with family stuff that I have time for me and can think about what I truly want to be spending my time doing. So again, it's a work in progress. But those are some of the things I do. What is the thing that you're most excited that's on your docket right now? It doesn't have to be business either. But yeah, I love this conversation of it being the evolutionary journey, which leads me to the point of like, okay, awesome. And what does that mean for the vision, right? Like, what does that mean for what you're excited about in this next evolution? I'm really excited for 2019. I decided last month that 2019 is going to be my year of really diving deep into customer experience and customer engagement. And I've always been very engaged with my audience. But I feel like this past year, we've been trying to build systems internally in the business and build out more of these evergreen programs and things. It's been a learning year. 2018 has been a learning year for me. And so 2019, I like want to get back in with everybody and make sure... And, and part of this is also still internal systems of like making sure our email sequences are like working properly so people aren't getting inundated with multiple sequences at the same time or that the onboarding process for my coaching clients feels really warm. Like I want to love on my people. I want to make sure that everything we're doing, everything we're putting out in the world is that. Is that we're sitting there with open arms telling people, we can help you and here's how. And we're here when you're ready because I know our programs aren't for everybody. But when you're ready, we're here. I'm really excited about that. In that vein of how we're actually like implementing that stuff, I'm bringing two new people onto my team, which I'm really excited about. And I am toying with this mastermind seed that's now in my head of like, <laughs> how am I going to do this? And what makes most sense? So will it be virtual with a live component? Will it just be live events? Yeah, definitely excited about that for 2019. I love it. Katie, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story, for being so open about what it's been thus far. This is always my goal to make sure that you listening feel like we're always in the middle of our journeys. You know, we really always are. And I know Biz Women to Rock can be this platform for, oh, I'm just, I'm highlighting all these experts. And yes, you had shared so much about your expertise <laughs> and the lessons that you've learned and where you've learned the lessons of how to be successful in your business. And it's still a work in progress. And that's always what I hope to be able to share here. So thank you so much for being so willing to share that. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a fun conversation and I love your podcast. So thank you. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had, I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.